Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, buddy. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, <laughs> seeing how it's Friday. Oh, I mean, are you planning to have a good weekend? I, of course, I plan to have a good weekend every weekend. Wonder, wonderful, wonderful. You know, tomorrow's Saturday. It is. And that can only mean one thing. Saturday it's, morning sales meeting. It's another episode, once again. Yeah, it's been a, an entire week since we've released something. I know that is really dumbfounding because we were together on Monday. We were. And we recorded, I believe. We did. And we edited. In fact, that is true. And then we didn't release. And that's as far as it went. Huh. Yeah. It's a, Perplexing, it's a, isn't it, John? It's an anomaly, really. <laughs> Wrapped in an enigma. In a fortune cookie. Okay. With numbers on the back. Yeah. All right, so uh, we... We're here for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, and we you have a topic uh, du jour. Well, I have a guest with me. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. Where are, when, are they, when are they coming? <laughs> My beautiful and very smart and talented wife is here today. Hey, John. Hello, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, welcome to the studios of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting uh, on the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. I guess. I was trying to tell everybody else to welcome Kate. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel the collective welcome. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What What are you doing with the hat on, though? Right. Like, yeah. what's the deal with no. that? Kate's got no. a cowboy hat on. <laughs> You know, she's she's been known that. to wear a cowboy hat in her day. <laughs> yes, she is from Oklahoma, after and cleats. All. I don't. I'm, I understand the cowboy all hat, right. but the baseball cleats, right. I don't get. So current events, moving right along. The Masters, Ray. Yeah. The Masters started yesterday. I know. And I didn't realize it until about uh, six p.m. on Wednesday that they were going to do the Masters in November. And what is uh, they did the the practice round. I guess they usually do a, I don't know what they call it, a three par three tournament or something, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Or Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the, it always starts on Thursday and goes four days. Yeah. So I got uh, I got some picks on there. I've got Brooks Kepka. Okay. I've got uh, Louis Oosthuizen. These are all to win? Yeah. Okay. I had a couple first-rounders. Right. You know, to win the first round, they all lost. I had Ricky Fowler. And Oosthuizen, I think, was four under on round one. Wow. But the winner was uh, seven under. Jeez. I have Justin Thomas. He's doing pretty well. Okay. Yeah, seven under. And one round of golf. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. For the Masters. Yeah. Huh. You know, I went to a dealership. I was consulting with in Augusta, Georgia, mm -hmm. and uh, my monthly visit happened to coincide with the week after the Masters. And I typically would get in Sunday night and be there, you know, it was three days, Monday, oh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Well, the hotel I typically stayed at, about a hundred and a half a night. Yeah. Uh, for Sunday 800. night, it was, yeah, over 800. Really? It was just under $900, yeah, wow. for one night. And so you went there, obviously. So yeah. So what I did was I stayed about uh, about an hour outside of town Sunday night. At a very probably nice still two fifty or so. No, it was uh, oh. in the reasonable price range. Oh, okay, a little over a hundred, and then checked in on Monday. Got up a little earlier on Monday to get to the account. And well, we you're an early riser anyway. You're I usually am. up by three thirty, four o'clock. Uh, on a late day. So you could get. <laughs> I mean, you got all the the beet juice you have to drink. 
Yes. And then the... Uh, green smoothies. Yeah, the green smoothies. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, so you got your beet smoothies, you got your uh, protein shakes, and you were up at 4 a.m., you got to the dealership uh, by 5 o'clock? No, there's nobody there at 5. Did, did some reading, you walked the lot? Right, I did. Yeah. No, that's interesting, though. Um, my brother went to the Masters two years ago, and uh, he was on TV. Really? Yeah, he got to say, hey, Mom. Wow. Yeah, and uh, shook Tiger's hand. How about that? Yeah. It was That's a cool. unique opportunity. Yeah, Tiger. I'm sure out of all of the people at the Masters, because they do get a uh, considerably sized audience. Yeah, they're known for their audience size. <laughs> well, you figure, you know, I mean, there's tents all over the place. It was still set up, and I haven't been to the Masters, but each hole has hundreds of people there. I mean, only a few actually follow them through all 18. And uh, yeah, it's a, it draws a big crowd. We ought to go play there after we do the Top Golf thing. We ought yeah. to go down to Augusta. And play you know, uh, the reason Steve Spurrier accepted the coaching position at South Carolina. Do mm-hmm. you know, John? I do. It's because they gave him a membership to the Augusta National Golf Club. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, right. he said that was the deciding factor. Them offering him a membership. You know, they also gave him a Mini Cooper. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That was another reason. It was, so it's kind of uh, folklore. They don't know, was it the Augusta National membership no, or the he, Mini Cooper? He clearly stated that it was the Augusta National membership, and the Mini Cooper is a figment of your imagination. Yeah. But. T- tomato, tomato. Right. But so are the cleats and hat on my wife. Are st- a figment of your imagination, John. <laughs> well, me wearing a tie is 100% factual. <laughs> right. And a T-shirt. So we have a uh, topic du jour, do we? Yeah. Good. It's important to have those. We do. We have a topic of the day. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about managing by the numbers. Managing by the numbers, which uh, we talked about before the show, data-driven management. Yeah. You call it one thing, I'll call it the other thing. Tomato, tomato, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so in, we talk a lot about more of the uh, attitude of management. Right, and the more touchy-feely side of management, if you will. Yeah. Right? Getting, yeah, being a mentor. Encouraging, versus... getting people excited about what they're doing. Right. Keeping them motivated. But this is the hard and fast, what are the numbers telling us? Yeah, which Kate is an expert at. Yeah. and that's Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's what... one, of, one of my mottos in life. Don't get mad, get data. I love it. Right. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, so we're talking about how the numbers can tell us. Uh, we, we may come into work and think we kind of we, we have a feel for where our business is headed, what we have accomplished, where our weak points are, what we're good at. But someone like Kate can come in and analyze the data right, and kind of point out things that we didn't realize. Yeah. Right. Well, tell well, us a little bit more. Well, it's like saying, I, I feel like I've lost weight, but you don't ever weigh yourself. <laughs> so how do you know for sure if you really have managed your weight gain or not if you don't if you don't measure it you have to have a starting point and you have to consistently measure to see is that feeling true or are you just having a good mental day yeah no makes sense yeah and we've heard it said many times i know uh one of the phrases that lawson would say quite often was uh can't manage what you can't measure well and i think the simple act of of letting people know that you're measuring it 
raises a level of awareness to their performance. They don't have to know what the numbers are. They just have to know that someone's looking at the numbers. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty deep. Once you uh, once you kind of enforce a policy of hey, we're going to start looking at these KPIs. All of a sudden, those KPIs get better. Right. You know what that's right. called? Do you know what that's called? What? It's called the Hawthorne effect. Ooh. Have you heard of that before? No, I was. I thought you were going to go to Schrodinger. The Schrodinger effect. <laughs> yeah. Not familiar with that one. You but know? the Hawthorne effect is the alteration of behavior by subjects of a study due to their awareness of being observed. Say that again? The alteration of behavior by by the subjects who are part of a study or, or in the... Uh, they are the observed yeah. in, the, in the equation just by knowing that they're being observed will alter their behavior. Yeah, yeah. Either for good or for bad. Right. But in this case, normally, it's for the better. Yeah. Your KPIs normally go up. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, we used to go into BDCs, and we would put up on the whiteboard. You know, we in every BDC we went to, we wanted to have a whiteboard that has everybody who's in the BDC making phone calls at every hour of the day. Say, okay, now we're going to start tracking how many phone calls we're making in each hour, how many contacts, how many appointments. Right. Well, just the fact that that whiteboard was there right. altered the behavior right. and increased KPIs. Yeah, yeah exactly. just because of what what they're doing is now being seen by all. Therefore, yeah, you, you don't want to be exposed as the weak link. Now, I was asked a question recently. What if... Is that what they asked you? What if, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. And I said, uh, uh, I think... <laughs> And that was your response. Therefore, I am. Uh, no, actually, it was not related. It was uh, if you had if you came across a manager that wasn't on board with the impending changes, is that a discussion you would want to have with their with their, with the dealer principal? Okay, which is totally not related to what we're talking about. How did you answer that? Very philosophical question. I said, you know, we'd have to look at the data. Yeah. Okay. See, there it is. It is. Uh, it is related. Absolutely, it is. So it is that the impact of awareness, both on the person, their awareness, like you were saying, Kate, right. of you know, am I really achieving what I think I'm achieving? And it's also that secondary awareness of other people are looking, therefore I need to perform at a higher level. I know one thing I would do in dealerships is I would, in correspondence with managers or even you know, uh, salespeople or BDC people, I would include uh, CC, the dealer principal <laughs> and the management team. You were one of those guys. Absolutely. And I would tell them, I don't even care to the dealer principal. I would say, I don't care if you just delete it as soon as you get it. I just want them to see that you see what I'm sending. Right. Which is going to make them read it more closely because they're going to go, oh, crap. Everybody's seeing this. I, let me see exactly what he's saying here. So, you know, and, of course, sharing positive things and uh, the areas of uh, concern or Possible opportunities improve. to improve. Yeah, yeah, opportunities to improve. I love that. There's where we're doing great. And the opportunities to improve. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's also another opportunity to find, well, like you're saying, opportunities to improve, but training areas. You know, this this it doesn't have to be, hey, the data shows you're underperforming. Right. You know, therefore you suck. Right. No, it can say, 
you know, you're really good at these things, but in these areas, you're below par. Right. Right. How as a manager can I help you bring this number up? Yeah. Yeah. It's a learning tool for the management team. Right. Yeah. That's why we, we typically install KPIs, which are key performance indicators with an S on the end for a reason, right? It's not just one area. Yeah. It's not just one thing. Hey, pass, fail. It's, hey, you know, we look through all of the different key performance areas and say, which one is the low one? And that's where we need to focus our attention as a management team, as a, you know, independent contractor or consultant um, to know... If we don't know, if we don't look at the data, how do we know what area that we need to focus our attention on for improvement? Well, Kate, tell us uh, what some of those conversations sound like or, you know, give us some examples of where that finding that data that maybe an owner, a business owner wasn't aware of, you know, where. Right. Well, so I when it comes to key performance indicators, I recommend a minimum of three. And think of it like a a compensation package. You know, we're going to set up a bonus system and it's strictly driven on one number like your revenue number i need your revenue number to be x then most people i can do that yeah 100 percent, my revenue number is going to be that but what's the customer satisfaction look like what does the um the delivery look like okay. you know what's the retention for customers look yeah. like? yeah and so they they will if you give them one key performance indicator they're going to alter their behavior to achieve that because that is tied to something for them. Well, it's funny you bring those up because, I mean, you, you consult with businesses of every industry type, right? but those are some major ones that manufacturers look for in their car dealers, right? Right. Is, is retention rate, your CSI score, your customer satisfaction index, and then, I mean, they don't care about your revenue, but they want you selling their products. Right. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I think business is business. People are people that you can have essentially the same kind of metrics regardless of the industry. I mean, whether you're talking about landscaping or you're talking about home construction, you're talking about car dealerships, um, an online internet product fulfillment company, KPIs are going to be KPIs. Yeah, and, and the, the same things that you're looking at across industries. Right, and the problem with only focusing on one is it's typically to the detriment of the others. Right. And how is that going to have an overall impact? Right. So I recommend at least three. And, and what I tell clients is think about balancing out. You know, if, if you say I need revenue, what would suffer if they focused only on revenue? So... A couple of things that would suffer is that client satisfaction. So let's figure out how do we add that back in there because we don't want that to suffer in an effort to bring in revenue. And then beyond those first three, let's think about what other drivers will impact your business in the way that you want it to be impacted. Yeah, I mean, every business owner wants to make more money. Right. right. But it's funny, we've kind of, we, all three of us know of a, an example where the business was so focused on generating revenue and increasing new sales, but on the back end, they started losing clients because they won't, weren't focused on that delivery. retention and that satisfaction. Yeah, that delivery. Right. So yeah, that you could, you could sell all you want, but if you're losing clients on the back end, you got holes in your bucket, right? Oh yeah. Right, exactly. Well, we see that on the service side of a dealership. Right. I mean, if, if our efficiency rates are bad, right, then 
it's not a matter of just putting more in the in the top of the funnel if we're losing revenue based on our efficiency in performing the services that we need to perform you mean uh, if it's taking you longer than it's yeah. supposed to yeah. to get it done yeah i mean if we can only you know change 10 oil changes a day yeah right but true capacity should be you know i don't know 15 per stall you would say yeah. or i mean that's probably a very low number anyway but yeah. whatever if if you are greatly redu- reduced yeah, we're, we're all limited by the hours in a day. Right. Right? So in order to really maximize your profitability, you have to have your team working at optimal efficiency levels. And that doesn't mean you gotta you got to do 50 when they can really only do 20 very good. Well, I think that's another category where, where you know, you and I have had discussions outside of the podcast where uh, – you're an expert at giving people realistic expectations or helping business owners where they project, you know, we're going to do X and you're like, you're going to do half of X, you know, because you're bringing that from the, the the historic data. When you say you, you're talking to Kate. Yeah. 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 She she was the one talking. You know, we never talk outside of the podcast. It's like, as soon as we, we we don't speak until we hit record. Yeah. Well, I, I had a client who their their goal was to make forty million. Yeah. And they were making twenty eight million. Yeah. Okay, so what's your plan to get from twenty eight to forty? Oh, we're gonna do the same thing. Yeah. We're just gonna increase it right. to forty. We're gonna hire more salespeople because you know that works. Yeah. Well, no. Let's look at where <laughs> we are right now, and let's come up with a plan that's realistic to by using the data to get you to that point. Of forty million. Yeah, and it does come down sometimes in a car dealership. You know, Ray, we've heard the whole uh, the old adage. You know, I want more sales. Let's hire more salespeople. Right. But I mean, that's ridiculous to a certain extent. We can break it down and say, okay, you know, given my number of leads, given my number of walk up traffic, right. You know, I know that. I have more business than I can effectively handle right now. So I need more staff to effectively handle the leads I currently have. Yeah. But you can't, you can't get in 200 leads a month and want four salespeople to handle those. Right. Effectively. And think if I had five, it's going to, I'm going to get more sales. No. Yeah. Yeah. There there has to be, it's, it's all a giant balancing act. Right. right? And in talking to a a GM this week, um, he was saying, he has found, because of COVID and everything else, that people are even further down the, the sales funnel, if you will, when they actually get the opportunity to sell to them than they ever were before. I love right? it. Yeah, people aren't great just, thing. People aren't coming on the lot. I mean, it's a great rarity now saying, well, show me what used cars you have. Right, they know typically the one that they're looking for, or at least the you know your brand and what model, and there are very few questions. It's yours to lose, right? I mean, even before COVID, it was 1.3, 1.4 dealerships that uh, the average consumer would uh, visit. visit. It went from like three visits you know they would visit three dealerships before they would buy right then then lately before covid it was like 1.2 right 1.3 1.2 now it's just one point now it's like 0.3 well they visit a third of a dealership (laughs) (laughs) 
No, John, I don't believe it'll ever go below one. <laughs> but it, it uh, is tomato, now, tomato. yeah, one point well. oh four <laughs> rather than one point three. Yeah, and hey, that's a that's a great byproduct of this. Uh, you know, quarantine that we've had. People don't want to go interact with the public. I mean, my sister, we were supposed to have lunch uh, today, and my sister called me beforehand and said, you know, I, let's, I haven't been to a restaurant in seven months. Holy cow. You know, yeah. She's, <laughs> she takes this stuff serious. Yeah. She is not, I mean, groceries are delivered. She doesn't go out to eat. I So I really appreciate those people. Yeah. Because... I and we have gone out to eat quite a bit, and I love the fact that there's that many fewer people I have to contend with right. to go out to eat. Right. So, hey, more power to them. You know the old saying, uh, who was it? Who was the baseball player? Babe uh, Ruth? No. Mickey Mantle? Yeah. I should have set you up for that yeah, one. Yeah, you did. Uh, but the, the guy says, uh, the guy says uh, nobody goes to that restaurant anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> that sounds like a Yogi Bear. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to go to that restaurant we always used to go to? No, uh, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. It's too crowded. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the old Yogi. Yeah, I know. Some of the greatest quotes of all time came from the the wonderful Yogi Bear. You know, I met him once. Yeah, you did. Yeah. He gave me his glove. I didn't. I'm telling you. I've got it. I've got what, it. What'd you, get, right what'd you here. get for it? Look. Here, I've got what, it right here in the studio. What, Look at it. <laughs> it is. Tell me an old fastball there, right? It'd be listed on eBay if you had it. I would never give it up. It's priceless to me. It's an heirloom. <laughs> it's an heirloom. <laughs> From yeah, great-great-grandfather no. Yogi Berra. Yeah. So yeah, with, uh, back to our topic at hand is um, the yeah this quarantine, this COVID situation, as we call it. Uh, it I think it has helped the car business in that uh, there is less selling to be done on the lot. Yeah, most people show up ready to ready to purchase, right? Yeah, and, and this is a side topic, but um, that GM said it was the reason that they are now using video more than ever in their correspondence because they literally had a customer, this is anecdotal obviously, but they had a customer who said, I only came and bought my truck from you because of the video that you sent me of the truck. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, that I was able to experience the truck in a visual capacity beyond just the still pictures that other people were sending me of their Vehicles. You showed me, started it for me. I mean, gave me the virtual experience that I would have achieved had I come into the dealership, and I would not have come into your dealership to buy this truck had you not done that. Well, I wonder if that was a salesperson taking that initiative, or if that was a company wide. Well, the GM said it's a bit of both. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. he he is promoting for every correspondence that they have, whether even a happy birthday that they want it done via video. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you and I, we've, we've done an entire episode on that. Yeah. So, but that's not really numbers related. Sure it is. All right. It's data driven. We can prove for a fact that, that shooting those videos sells more cars. Yeah. I mean, and it's little things like that where, you know, I know you, you and I, Kate, we've worked um, as consultants in another business 
And it was things like that, like just day-to-day activities Mm -hmm. that if we can track and and enforce, you know, or or encourage, uh, that we can track the data and see where that has an impact. And if the data proves that it's not impactful, well, we we can eliminate that time crunch out of our day. Right. But for the... And I I would start with with setting a benchmark. Where are we right now? Let's look at where we are right now. Let's look at what we did historically. That's you funny. Know, That's so and, important to measure what we are currently doing. Right. Which a lot of business owners, dealers, don't do that even. Right. And Much less use that data to find it where is areas of improvement. And, and I know you'll appreciate this, but also think about what happens over the course of a year. You know, are there certain times of year where you see more activity than not? And what are those drivers? Because that needs to be, you have to keep that in consideration when you're looking at, at performance. You know, it, yeah. if, if you know, a couple big days, December 31, Labor Day, Memorial Day, if those are big days and we're looking at benchmarking your performance right now in March against, you know, December 31, yeah, you're not going to measure up. I, I can see using that type of data, that seasonal data as, you know, like... We know a lot of car dealers that use these tit sales, right? These events. Right. Uh, the what do they call them? You know, the traveling, the traveling shows. G- gypsy sales. Yeah, there you is go. What I always call them. Uh, and it seems like they always want to do those around a holiday, around Labor Day, around mm-hmm. the Fourth of July. Sure. It would be interesting to see the data and see if hey, you're going to get a, a surge of business around Labor Day anyway. Yeah. Use that tit sale on like March twentieth. Right. Yeah. You know, not on Labor Day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think as an industry, the car business especially is good at looking, you know, uh, year over year, right? We look, we don't typically compare May to April. Right. We compare May to May of last year and May of the year before. Right. But tracking some of the, the you know, data will provide that, well, what's changed between this May and last May? Right? Is there yeah. just an overall increase, and that's where you can look at the yeah? We just having a better year, year, right? Or did we make something? Did we make it happen? Is there something significant? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny. We talk about between what is it, Christmas and New Year's, I believe. Right. That that one week between Christmas and New Year's, we refer to as the thirteenth month right. in, in the car business. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, more interesting. Cars- more cars sold on December 31st than any other specific day of the year. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if that, you know, has held true year over year. Yeah. Especially this year. Well, and the other thing the data does is it prevents you because, you know, I mean, you have all these anecdotal right. evidence things and feelings. Well, it feels like this is providing a lot of good. But the data can either confirm that or it's incredible how often it rejects that and how hard that is for people to wrap their mind around Nah, i can't get rid of that i just feel like that's a good lead source well let me show you the data right the data would suggest it's not a good lead source yeah but you know what there was a guy who came in last month and he only came in well all right that's one (laughs) sale all right i get it but yeah you you know well we use that a lot with with like internet and digital retailing sources you know i mean i've been to several dealers where they had you know let's say six or seven uh, online vendors, right? Lead right. drivers. And they don't know why they have six or seven. Just some GM three years ago signed them up for one and they kept paying them. Right. But yeah, we can take that data 
I mean, they can do this on their own. Yeah. You know, mo most CRMs nowadays will divide out your leads. By lead source, yeah. And, yeah. and you can see, you know, how many of these did I close? How many of these did I get in the building? Yeah. Right. What's the return on that investment? Is it worth continuing with that investment for the kind of return that we're getting? Amen. And if one of them costs $50 a month, but you only sell a car every two months, who cares? Right. Yeah. Keep it, right? Right. But if it's costing you four grand a month and you're selling two cars off of it, it may not be such a good deal. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ray. So do you have any jokes to share with us today? Uh, no, I don't really have any jokes. You don't have a knock-knock? Knock. Maybe a knock-knock, maybe uh, any kind of riddle, yeah, maybe I have a, a brain teaser. I have a knock-knock joke for you. Do you? Yeah. You ready? Okay, you start. Uh, no. You start. <laughs> it sounds to me like we have reached the end of yet another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Yes, we have. I want to thank Kate for joining us here in the yeah, studio today. Thank you. My beautiful you and talented wife. Absolutely. and The, uh, the better half you, of You definitely, uh, what is that called? You outplayed your coverage on that one, Ray. <laughs> Ray, before we go, yeah. we have to say, would you like to say it? Do yes. you do the honors? We would like to tell Brian, happy birthday. This right. week was his birthday week. He's uh, very He's quick to provide feedback on uh, on A loyal podcasts. listener. Yeah. He is a loyal listener and an all-around good guy. Happy 81st, Brian. <laughs> You've lived a long and illustrious life and uh, many, many more. And you look great for your age. Oh, man. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Brian. <laughs> and we want to thank everyone for listening, and we hope you'll listen again. like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.